And the reading this morning is Mark uh, chapter 1, verses 14 to 28. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Then they then went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority? He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Sarah J, thank you very much. Let's pray. Almighty God, as we come before you this morning, we ask that you would open our eyes to see, our minds to understand, and our hearts to be set on fire with love for you, for the first time or for the hundredth time. Meet with us, we pray. In your name, Amen. Well, we've started a series, as I say, on the Kingdom of God. It was the most common topic that Jesus spoke about in the Gospels, or that's what's mentioned uh, in the Gospels. And we have uh, last week looked at uh, the kingdom having this king, the leader in charge, and the characteristics of that king. It's not necessarily a physical place. The kingdom is made up of subjects, and therefore, it's more about the people than it is about the place. I was out walking this morning and 
the beauty of it, actually, in the mist and the, the fog of early morning, was such that I felt as though, actually, the whole world is the kingdom of God. God created it all. And it's, the, the, the fact is, it's where the kingdom, it's what Nick was saying, it's where the kingdom people are where the subjects of that kingdom are, that is the place where the kingdom comes. So this church is simply a place where we come together as the people of God and the kingdom of God is here. Because we're here. Not because there's a building, but because we're here. So it has this sort of physical dimension, but it doesn't at the same time. And it has a belief structure. It has an authority to it because a king has authority and we'll look at authority in a moment. But there's also a spiritual dimension. It was mentioned in Ephesians, our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So in that, we can see this physical dimension. There's a question of authority, but there's a question of spirituality as well. And so when Jesus comes with his manifesto, we want to look at those characteristics to see what he is all about. And there is a a phrase which you will know, the rubber hits the road and it's basically when all is said and done you can proclaim as much as you like but actually prove it another way of putting it would to say you've got to walk the talk it's all very good being able to speak about it but actually if I can combine the two when the rubber hits the road you've got to walk the talk now I don't know about you, but I suspect we can all get into some sort of hot water over this. Because if you're anything like me, you love to please people, you love to help people. And so when they ask you a question, one can be tempted to exaggerate slightly in order to make them feel better about it. It's okay. And then they turn to you and say, wow, that's amazing. Do it now, show me. And you think, oh dear, I've gone too far. I can't really do it that way. So the rubber hits the road. And we come to this passage, and it's right at the beginning of Mark. And lots has already happened. We were talking about this at the Thursday service, uh, and so much has happened. We've had the Uh, the proclamation of Christ's coming, we've had his birth, we've had his baptism, we've had him go off into the desert, we've had John captured and put in prison, and that's in the first 13 verses of Mark's Gospel. So, there is a pace, but then Jesus comes, and his opening line, the time has come, The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. That's his opening statement in the Gospel of Mark. Now, 
I don't know if you watched Eurovision Song Contest last night. (sighs) How they voted in the way that they did, I have no idea. Some of the uh, performances, we, we didn't want to watch it, but it was just so bizarre, some of it. We just kept going. It was so odd. Um, but these people obviously had convinced that they could, they could sing <laughs> and that they could perform well. And having convinced, you're then put on stage and you've got to prove it. You've got, the rubber hit the road last night, big time. And they have to prove it. And some of the acts did and some of them didn't. At least in my mind. And it's the same in our work environment. For, um, how long was it? 29 years, I think I was a surveyor. I was all things technical, practical. I uh, looked at things, broke them down, worked out how they worked, worked out what was wrong and told them what to do about it. And then I was asked to look after the sales division of the firm that I was looking at. I've never sold a house in my life. I still haven't. But for ten years, my last ten years, and I have to say my most enjoyable ten years, was actually looking after other offices selling houses. It was actually great fun. And I would go and I would tell them, I would tell all the offices to do the same thing. This is what I want you to do. This is where I think we should be going. uh, Because all I was doing was managing it. And then I would do a tour of the offices. And some of them did. And some of them did something completely different. They're salespeople after all. They always know better. And some of them were right. And at that point I had to show them some respect. And adjust my thinking. Because after all, I was the logic, I was the scientist, and I worked things out. But ultimately, the rubber hit the road. After all the time that I'd spent on these sort of uh, meetings, telling them that this could happen and that could happen and why don't we do this, they then turned around and said, well, you do it. So I did. And Jesus, at this point, walks into the spotlight He's prepared. The curtains draw back. There's a hush around the audience. The spotlight comes on. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. That's quite an opening statement, isn't it? Can he walk the talk? Well... Let's have a look at some of those early verses. Jesus teaches with authority. It was very normal for uh, the men, anyway, in those days, to follow a rabbi. You would choose someone because you agreed with their teaching, you liked the way they taught, and you would learn from them at their feet. These, of course, the disciples that Jesus pulled were those who already had a full-time job. They'd done their bit of learning. They'd done their uh, sitting at the city gates at the rabbi's feet. They had families. They had responsibilities. They needed to earn money. But they turned away and followed Jesus Christ. 
Interesting that. Why did they do that? Because if you're like me and you're preparing a thought on a passage of Scripture, you think about it and you read it a few times and you mull it over and you walk with it for a few days. And then you turn to the commentaries and you read different people's expressions about that same passage and you come up with an idea of what you want to say. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus, it says, spoke with authority. He didn't need to be told what it meant. He didn't need other people's understanding of the passage. He didn't need to recite other people's ideas. He was the idea. He was the answer. The root of authority, if you didn't know, is author. It's in the word, isn't it? So when you speak with authority, it's as if the author is speaking. And in this sense, is that not absolutely correct? Jesus does not speak from the research that he's undertaken. He speaks from personal knowledge and experience because he is the author. Utter authority. Total truth. It then goes on, and we read uh, this section as well, that Jesus went in the synagogue, he began to teach, people were amazed at his teaching, And then a man possessed by, it said, I think, an impure spirit in the translation you read, it says evil spirit here, says, what do you want with us, Jesus? You've come to destroy us. I know who you are. This is a spiritual battle. And the evil spirits, the impure spirits, know the person that has come in their midst. The kingdom of God has arrived And Jesus casts them out because he is the Holy One of God. So we see this place has come. This spiritual battle has come. And God defeats both. He then, uh, this is beyond where we we looked in the reading, but if you have the Bible... Uh, Page 1003, we're now going into verse 29. He leaves the synagogue and he goes goes with Peter and Peter's mother-in-law wants to look after them but she's in bed with a fever. So Jesus goes to Peter's mother-in-law, heals her and she serves on them. So here we have a challenge to the whole natural order of things. And Jesus wins through. He heals those who are ill. And it goes on in the passage. He heals them physically, mentally and spiritually. And if you read on, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and all the demon possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. This is quite something. One 
is not a massive village. We call it only a village. But just think if every single person in the village was standing outside the vicarage door. Wow. You know, this is someone who has authority, who has made a massive impact. And Jesus is not frightened of anything that comes towards him. The passage then goes on to speak about the lepers, the visually, physically, spiritually unclean. They are not supposed to be anywhere near anybody else. And Jesus reaches out and touches them and says, be healed, be gone. And they are healed. And they do go. We asked whether Jesus could walk the talk. Could he be the leader of this kingdom? Can he tackle natural forces, physical forces, spiritual forces? The answer? Yes, he could. And he did. So we go back, or I go back, to that statement right at the beginning. The kingdom of God is... Sorry, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near... Repent and believe the good news. The time has come. This is Jesus saying, I'm no longer up here. I'm down here. I'm right amongst you. I'm right amongst you too, wherever you are. I'm right amongst you. The time has come. I am here. The kingdom of God is near. You could touch me. If you wanted to, you could touch me. And the kingdom of God is near because I am changing all things. The whole code of life is changing. I did a baptism, as you know, after last Sunday's service. And in the the very core of that baptism service, there are various statements. There are three statements where you say, I'm turning away, I'm turning away from this. And then there are three statements which say, I'm turning towards God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. That is the core of the change which we believe is happening in baptism. Obviously, the child can't speak for themselves, but the family speak and say, this is what the teaching is, this is the teaching that we're going to uh, profess to our child. That they're going to turn away from the code of the world and turn towards the code of Christ. We're going to turn away from the code which says we're going to bomb you when you're on stage and we're going to turn towards the love and the compassion, the grace and the hope of Jesus Christ. The kingdom is near. So what are we being asked to do? If we're going to play our part, we need to repent and believe the good news. This is the good news of Christ It has come in our midst. Is this possible? How can this be seen? Let me read something which I only came across this morning as I was out walking. I was listening to Pray As You Go. So if you listen to it, forgive me, but you're about to hear it again. This is from Acts. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. These are the apostles, the disciples and all the followers of God. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, 
they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They'd simply been baptised into the name of the Lord Jesus. Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So these are the people of God, the early followers, going out into the community and preaching the word of God with authority, They had authority over the physical world because they were healing. They had authority over their mental well-being. They had authority over the spirituality because they had repented and believed in Jesus Christ as their Saviour and their Lord. So if they can do it, What is that for us? What does that mean for us? Nick, you said it earlier. We are the kingdom of God. And wherever we go, there is a piece of the kingdom of God. We can speak with authority. We can pray with authority. We can ask God's healing on people because we have God's Holy Spirit within us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and to work to your praise and your glory. The kingdom of God has come. And through your presence and the work of Christ through us, we pray that we may lead others to repent and believe. To believe in your name. To believe that you are the Lord of all. In your holy name we pray. Amen.